Welcome to Present Truth Broadcast with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga, brought to you by Present Truth Ministry, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.pastormax.ng. Praise God. Let's pray. Let's get into the Word. Father, we just want to thank you this evening, and we ask in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that understanding, wisdom, and insight will be granted unto us. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Okay, so we started a conversation around uh, relationship, which our theme is actually relationship, sexuality, and success. But uh, that was before I thought we're just going to have a two-days program, and that'll be it. But uh, as I began to uh, just speak with some of my mentors and feeling the impression of God in my spirit concerning the forum, we decided we're going to make it monthly forum so we can gather ourselves together, look into the perfect law of liberty, which is the word of God, look into the word of God, gain instructions for our lives, um, relationships, purpose, and spiritual growth, and as the Lord leads us in that direction. Now, one of the things we established yesterday as a matter of review before we get straight into the word, uh, before getting to what we have today, is that we established that life primarily in phases, right? 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 We said life is in what? Is in phases. And we talked about what? The child phase, the childhood phase, which is, which is uh, synonymous with what? Dependency. Have you forgotten? No, okay. So you need to talk now. Okay, so... We have childhood, which is synonymous to what? Dependency, all right? Then we have the single phase, which basically you are independent. And then after the single phase, we've got what? The marriage phase, which when you are what? Interdependent. When you are dependent, it means that most times 85% of your decisions are controlled by those you're dependent on. So if you're a young person, a teenager and all that, your parents have a very strong influence in, de in deciding what you do or what you don't do. When you get single, or in your singlehood phase, you can almost make any decision without having to ask anybody any question. But when you get married, you cannot just make your decision. It's tied to either your wife or your husband. So we talked about that. And then we talked about um, the Word of God, I think that's where we really built our anchor yesterday, that the Word of God is a lamp to our faith and a light to our path. So what that means is that the Word of God can make us to see the present situation and also enlighten our path and cause us to see ahead to make the right decision. And we did say very importantly that the single phase of your life is when you need to get filled with the word of God so you can access light. Amen. Let's read that now. Psalm 119. Psalm 119. And we're going to read from verse 104 to 108. Psalm 119, verse 104 to 108. Very interesting verse of scripture and very, very powerful verse of scripture. Psalm 119, verse 104. Praise God. Psalm 119, verse 104. 
Through your precepts, I get understanding. So through your precepts, I get understanding. Therefore, I hate every false way. Verse 105. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. I have sworn and confirmed that I'll keep your righteous judgment. Your word is a lamp to my feet. Just right here, I can see. I can, by your word, make a decision for the now. And it is also light to my path. Now, you must understand that sometimes when you're reading the word of God, it doesn't look like it can help your decision-making process. You see, but your spirit, the spirit of man, is the candle of the Lord. And through the word of God, you lighten that candle. And you begin to have impressions of the spirit. You begin to know exactly what to do, how to do it, and how to go about what you need to do. Praise God. So as you take in the word of God, what is actually happening is you are building a base for making righteous decisions. So we emphasized yesterday that it was important for us to build a word base. Paul tells us, let the word of God dwell in you richly. You see, one of the things you must come to terms with in this life that you are is that God is wise. If he says something in his word, you better stick to it. I have observed in my life that every time I went against God's word, the end result is not always beautiful. You might think you're having pleasure, you might think you're having, but the end result is usually not it. God is wise. And he didn't give us his commandments to shield us from pleasure. He gave us his commandments to do what? To do what? So that we can be able to represent him and have pleasure within the context. The proper context or the right context. You know, when you look at Today in our society and how people, husbands and wives, cheat on each other and all that. And we're complaining about it. We shouldn't complain about it because it all started with people having premarital sex when they shouldn't have it. And you think that it's okay then, we're not married, nobody's going to see me, I can do it stylishly, I can buy a condom, it's okay, we won't get pregnant, I know my dates, if we do it this day, we won't, I know something to take quickly. It looks like wisdom. Until you now get married, and then that man is not satisfied with you. And you'll be asking yourself, oh, who has punished me like this? Why are men not faithful? No. The man didn't start becoming unfaithful when he got married. He had lived a life of unfaithfulness. You were just a permanent resident of his unfaithful lifestyle. It's not that they started cheating. So somebody who says, yeah, let's just leave. No, don't worry. It's just, ah, I know how to just go about it. Ah, there's no problem. I'm an expert. His expertise will not stop with you. Because by the time he gets tired of you, what's going to do? He will want to try new things. So you see, if you stay by the word of God, you will realize that that word of God will guide you for your future. We cannot be wiser than God. There's no way. Praise God. Is it tough? It is tough. Is it challenging? It's especially challenging in our society. You know, this is a society you get up and you say you are a virgin. People almost look like, are you serious? Like, are you an alien? Even hear very logical satanic wisdom. If you don't do it now, when you get married, you ah, oh, that's a woman, one woman in a bar. They are always in a bar. <laughs> Praise God. Or you have a young person who is hooked up pornography, say, Oh, he's just learning style until that day, so that he will surprise his husband. 
your life might be a surprise. Because you know what's going to happen? You're feeding your heart. You're feeding your spirit. Your spirit is neutral. Your heart is neutral. It's, it's, your heart is referred to as the ground. Are, are you following what I'm saying? Now, you're keeping, if, you, if you're planting those seeds, if you're planting those seeds, if you're planting those seeds, it might take time. One day those seeds are going to yield in uncontrolled passion. They're going to yield. Look at the rape in our society. It cannot be far-fetched from how much of sexual materials we throw all over the place. Because we cannot keep sowing those things into our hearts and it will not call for manifestation. Are you, are you following what I'm saying? We're going to deal with that. We're going to spend one of these days to talk about pornography. I was going to deal with that and see it from God's word. But we're talking relationship today. Proverbs 27, 17. Because again, we cannot shy away from these things in our churches. We cannot keep quiet about them. We cannot pretend that they don't exist. So we have to look at them from the word of God and deal with them. Praise God. Proverbs 27, verse 17. Proverbs 27, verse 17. As iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens what? The countenance of his friend. As iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. What was Solomon trying to share with us here? He was, talking about, he was talking to us about the principle of influence. And what you're trying to say here is, you know, for instance, if you have a matchet or a sword, and then you wanted the sword to be sharp so you could use it, you bring another iron or you bring another stone, and you start rubbing it together, right? You start rubbing it, you start sharpening it, you start sharpening it, you start sharpening it. And after a while, the matchet gets sharp. Now, that sharpening process is a, on the face of the matchet now, the face you want to use to cut, is what it, the, the psalmist is describing. That the iron is going to get sharp, sharpened by a constant influence. Constant influence. In fact, the Amplified, the amplified C translation, the newer Amplified version, talk, uses the word true discussions. How do you get influenced? It's true conversation. Conversations are powerful. If you, if you keep talking to people who don't see anything wrong in certain things you're doing, what's going to happen? You'll get involved. How do people start smoking and start drinking and start doing all kinds of things? Constant conversation. Constant conversation. Just talk, ah, there's nothing bad in secret. Now it's just smoke. You know, sometimes you are hot inside. Just take something. And then you say, ah, no, 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 no. Ah, no, 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 no. Daily, daily, daily. You keep hearing and then they start laughing you. They start laughing you to scorn. They start laughing you to scorn. They start, and after a while, you just feel, ah, what is it, Seth? If you can smoke, I can smoke. And then you are part of them. And this is what I realized sadly about life. Bad habits are easy to pick and hard to destroy. The day you just decide, I don't want to do this again, that's when you discover that you are not yourself. You are a slave to that habit. You just realize, you know, there are people like that. I had a friend like that in school one time. I used to drink a lot. I was saying, yeah, oh God, God, don't worry. The day I want to stop, I just stop. <laughs> I opened scriptures to him. I said, you're already a slave to this thing. He said, ah. So one day we were having exams. 
Say so you just want to quickly go and drink. Come and write the exam. Okay. So I went to write the exam. And then he met experts, drinkers in that bar. Experts, you know, people who boast in bottles. They don't, <laughs> they drink with the carton by the side. They don't have the time to say, bring one, bring another one. They have it. So it's cartons you change. You roll the carton and roll another one. He met those people. <laughs> and then they challenged him. So the guy drank and drank and forgot the uh, exam. So he had an extension. He was so angry. He was so angry. He now said, now, nah, today is the last day. <laughs> so sometimes he'll buy a drink. He will throw it away. Because you stay close to me. You throw it inside the bush. I'm not drinking. What is it? Then later you see him, only him entering the bush. I said, what are you looking for? He has already bought it now. What, what will he do? He realized that he was no longer in charge. That's why, listen, don't start anything that will put you in bondage. That's why Jesus came. It might look harmless, but it will get a hold of your soul. Praise God. But how did we get there? Friends, iron, sharpening iron. You are a product of your relationships. Let me explain something to you. Why I want to teach relationship from this actual before I get into, into marital relationship and all that. And praise God. Now, one of the things you observe is this, right? You are a product of many relationships. And then you just decide to stay with one. I don't know if you, if you understand what I'm saying. Do you understand what I'm saying? You are a product of many relationships. It's not the person you will get married to that's going to be your most predominant relationship. No. Even after you have gotten married, there are still going to be relationships around your life. Praise God. Let's go back to Proverbs chapter 13, verse 20. Proverbs 13, 20. Proverbs chapter 13 and verse 20. Proverbs 13, 20. Praise God. He who works with the wise will be will, with wise men will be wise. But the companion of fools will be destroyed. This is one of the most underrated scriptures. We don't pay attention to it. We assume that we know a lot. It says. He who works with the wise will be wise, but a companion of fools will be destroyed. Who you associate with will determine your ultimate end. Who you associate with will determine what? Your ultimate end. Your associations are powerful, your associations are critical. Your associations are destiny-making or destiny-destroying. Now, what I realize is that the single period is when you, you make up most of your associations. Because at that time of your life, you are now ready to take on friends without anybody asking you questions. Praise God. You realize that if you make friends when you're a teenager, your parents is going to say, hey, I don't want you to walk with that person. Hey, I don't want you to walk with that person. How many of you know what I'm talking about? And then if you make friends, even your husband can say, that's your friend. Don't go to that house again. 
And you, as the wife, can tell your husband, I don't like that you're afraid that is coming. Do you realize? So you realize that the single period is the only time you will have friends. Nobody will question you. You are staying alone in your house. Who is going to, is it, I mean, except maybe you have a landlord that will just say, I don't like that. You know, but even if the landlord says he doesn't like your friend, it doesn't mean you will stop. You just tell your friend, don't be coming. You know? Or when he's coming, he let me check whether he's there. Enter, 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 enter. And then, so you realize that really at that point, nobody's controlling you. This is the phase of your life where you make the most, most critical and life-changing decisions about your life. And that's why you should expose yourself to meetings like this, to shaping yourself where, I mean, focused teachings regarding this phase have been taught. So he who walks with the wise will be wise. He will become wise. And a companion of fools will be destroyed. One of the things I am so careful about in my life is associations. One wrong person in your life will ruin you. One wrong person in your life will ruin you. One right person in your life will make you. So don't be in a hurry to gather friends. You know, there are some of you who have a lot of friends. Don't be in a hurry. Don't be, don't be quick. Be friendly, but don't be in a hurry to just make friends. This is my bestie. This is my bestie, bestie. Don't do that. Don't do that. Be careful. There are people that, uh, there are people that I went to school with and we're not friends. There are people I grew up with and we're not friends. Praise God. Why? Because friendship is a deliberate choice. You love everyone, but you deliberately choose your friends. But this is what I realized, why we need God's word. Even people with bad friends think they have the best of friends. That is the mirage about life. You know that this friend is destructive. But in your mind, that is the best person after Jesus Christ. That is why we need God's word. To do what? To shine a light on our paths. Praise God. So we have four kinds of relationships. We have four kinds of relationships. Number one, we have parasitic relationships. Parasitic relationships. Parasitic relationships. A parasitic relationship is one in which one organism, the parasite, leaves off another organism called the host, harming it and possibly causing death. The parasite lives on or in the body of the host. So, the parasitic relationship is a relationship in which one organism lives off another organism. So, the parasite lives on the host. Let's read the scripture. Proverbs chapter 30. Let's start reading from verse 15. The leech has two daughters. Give and give. These are three things that are never satisfied. Four that never say enough. The grave, the barren womb, the earth that is not satisfied with water, and the fire never says enough. You know what they, um, the psalmist is saying? He says the leech has two daughters. What is the name of those two daughters? Give, give, give. There are people like that. There are relationships like that. You're the only one given. You're the only one given. They are never satisfied. Never satisfied. Praise God. 
You are always the one giving. And you need to examine your relationship. If you are in a parasitic relationship, you will die. You will dry off. Your finances will get, your finances will get dried up. Your emotions will get dried up. You know, there are people in relationships like that. You're the only one. You, you are fighting for the survival of the relationship. It's one-sided. If you don't call, the person gets angry. The body never calls. And then they use emotions on you. They just go quiet. When you call four or five times, they don't pick. You're not sent text. It is me, dearie, pick. <laughs> you not send WhatsApp. You not call the friend to call another friend to go and give her the phone. <laughs> Do you know that energy you, any energy you give to something is an energy you're taking away from something? You are supposed to read, you are supposed to pray, your emotions are scattered, you are supposed to go somewhere, you put off trips, and then finally you meet the girl. So why did you not pick? Said the other time I, I called you, it rang four times. You picked only the third time. All this drama. <laughs> All this drama. Parasitic relationships. Pouring emotions. And funny enough, most abusive relationships are parasitic. We're going to deal with abusive relationships because most people are in abusive relationships, but because it is parasitic, the person uses the emotions to tie them in those relationships while it's abusive. Going out with somebody who call you all kinds of names and yet you feel you can't leave them. So you need to examine your relationship. This is not just between boys and girls. This can also be between females and female boys and boys. Do you have people around you who are not contributing? They're only taking. It's time to review. You're the only one giving. You're the only one supporting. They never have transport. Every time you have to buy something, they forget their wallet. Every time. <laughs> you know, I had a guy like that. Every time I wanted to buy something. Ah! Ah, ah. <laughs> one time me and my friends we just told him listen that this is where we are going now everybody is paying for what they are eating everybody when we got the idea you today that money you forgot you will go back home the only thing we will give you is transport to go back home and bring that money but if you want to eat today you realize that he grew up with that habit even when we are adults, he's still the only one asking. You can't change everybody. You're not the Holy Spirit. So you must put boundaries on parasitic relationships. Relationships that are only characterized by what? Give, give, give. Always give me, give me, give me, give me. Praise God. Number two... Now, I, I want to give you a scenario in the scripture, but I won't have time to deal with it tonight. But I want to give you a scenario in the scripture. How many of you realize the story of Jonathan and David? First Samuel chapter 31, where Jonathan died. But First Samuel 23, 17, and First Samuel 24. How many of you realize that Jonathan knew that David had been anointed king of Israel? How many of you, you don't know? Saying to children's class, do you know? 
that Jonathan knew that David had been anointed king of Israel, but he was too emotionally attached to his father to leave his father Saul. What happened? He died with his father. That relationship was designed to save him from death. If he had gone with David, he would not have died. But when he went with his father Saul, he died. You realize that sometimes there are some relationships you get into and certain things in you die. For some of you, you get into a relationship and your consecration to God dies. The guy does not mind small kiss. So small. French kiss, French one. No, it starts with a peck. Right-sided. No, not the left side. Because they are nerves. You know, some guys are specialists in female body. Say there's a nerve on the left side. So the right side, that nerve is not there. <laughs> and from there, left and right, to balance the nerves. And gradually, and gradually, and gradually, you know that every time you meet this person, your consecration dies, but you're too emotionally attached to walk away. You know what is right, but you leave what is wrong. It takes a whole lot of discipline to be successful. You will have to make certain decisions. You will cry and cry and cry and cry. So you can set yourself on the right path. And so Jonathan died with his father when God had already shown him who the king is going to be. And you know what that story tells us? It tells us the power of emotions. How powerful emotions are. How powerful emotions are. How powerful emotions are. You know, this guy is not the correct person. But the strength to leave them is not there. That is why you need to spend time praying in the spirit. For God to give you the courage to be able to break away from certain levels of relationships that will kill things within you. Kill potentials within you abilities and talents and resource within you. Number two, progressive and productive relationships. Say, he that walks with the wise will be wise, but a companion of fools will be destroyed. He that walks with the wise will be wise, but a companion of fools will be destroyed. The end product of your relationship is progress on both ends. For progressive relationships, the end product is progress on both ends. Progress on both ends. You are getting progressive. The other person is also getting progressive. You make progress and the other person also does what? Makes progress. If you say that the relationship between people is productive, you mean that a lot of good and useful things happen as a result of it. When we talk about a relationship that is progressive, we're talking about a relationship that a lot of good and useful things happen. That's what it means to have a productive relationship. A lot of good and useful things happen as a result of that relationship. 
You meet this person and your life goes on to the next level. You meet this person and your life begins to get better. I remember one of the, one of the things that happened to most of my friends I have a very strong love for reading. Very strong love for reading. If you come to my office, it's littered with books. I have a very strong love for reading. Most of my friends, I get to encourage them to read. Most of them. Most of my friends. I get to encourage them to read. And I realize, for instance, there's, there's a particular friend of mine in, in Abuja, Pastor Paul. We've been friends for 19 years. We were friends since the year 2000. We've been friends for 19 years. And because of our association, <laughs> we have a joint Kindle account on Amazon. And so we, we, we share the same account on our iPad. And the guy is a books collector. Theological books. Master of it. On that account, in between us, we have close to 450 theological books. That's mutual value. That's a relationship that is progressive. That's a relationship that is adding value. So one of the, one of the key relationships you must always nurture in your life are progressive or productive relationships. You gain on both ends. Praise God. You gain on both ends. Not just money. Your intellectual value goes up. Your spiritual value goes up. Your mental value goes up. You're not depreciating. You're not depreciating. Your mental and spiritual value goes up. Praise God. I said praise God. So we must understand that every stage of your life, you are primarily a product of your relationships. You are primarily a product of your relationships. You are primarily a product of your relationships. So we are parasitic relationships. We are progressive and productive relationships. Then let's go to the third one. Pleasure-driven relationship. Pleasure-driven relationship. Pleasure-driven relationship. Now, let's go to 2 Samuel 13. 2 Samuel chapter 13. 2 Samuel chapter 13. I wrote about this in my book, um, Love, Lost, and Lies, about the story of Ammon and Tamna. Now, there's something here interesting I want to read. Let's go to 2 Samuel 13, verse 1. And this Absalom, the son of David, had a lovely sister whose name was Tamar. And Amnon, the son of David, loved her. Uses the word love. That Amnon, the son of David, loved her. Amnon was so distressed over his sister Tamar that he became sick, for she was a virgin. And it was improper for Amnon to do anything to her. But Amnon had a friend. Amnon had a friend whose name was Jonadab, the son of Shimnia, David's brother. The Bible says, now Jonadab was a very crafty man. Jonadab was a very crafty man. And he said, why are you the king's son becoming thinner every day? 
Will you not tell me? I'm not said to him, I love Tamar, my brother's Absalom's sister. So Jonadab said to him, Lie down on your bed and pretend to be ill. And when your father comes to see you, say to him, Please let my sister Tamar come and give me food and prepare the food in my sight that I may see it and eat from her hand. Now, you know the whole story. At the end of the day, this whole conversation ended up in rape. But look at how it started in verse 1. It says, And Absalom, the son of David, had a lovely sister whose name was Tamar. And Amnon, the son of David, loved her. Loved her. Why? This was not love. This was just pure lust. Now, the reason is, you get my book. I, I took time to explain this. But I want, I want us to go to verse... Uh, 15. I want us to go to verse 15. It says, Then Amnon hated her exceedingly, so that the hatred with which he hated her was greater than the love with which he had loved her. And Amnon said to her, Arise and be gone. Look at what the Bible says. It says, The, the hatred with which he hated her after sleeping with her was more than the love with which he loved her in the beginning. And she said, Arise and gone. Arise. You know, that's, that's something that happens to a lot of people and you never learn lessons. Pleasure-driven relationship. And remember, this man, Amnon, will not have been able to do this to, the, to Tamar if he didn't have that crafty friend, Jonadab. He's the one that gave him the skills. They just say, you want to eat. Tell the king, you are, you are sick. You want to eat. The guy was sick. Ah, what do you want? I want to eat. Okay, you want to eat? Ah, no, I don't want food. I want food prepared by this person. You always visit that girl when you know the parents are not around. You see, specific time. <laughs> ah. You know one of the things David said? David said, there are many, mis Solomon, said there are many mysterious things on the earth. This is one of them, is the way a snake climbs a rock. He said, another one is the way of a man with a woman. It's mysterious. Even Solomon, with all his wisdom, did not understand why you always go at 440. <laughs> Skimmed. See, when she has finished cooking the food, tell her to bring it to the bedroom. Don't want to eat in the parlor. You're too sick. <laughs> then let her feed you from her hand. Strategy. That's why one of the things we want to learn in this place is caution signs. There are signs you should watch out for. Even though people are saying something with their mouth, watch out for certain signs, certain requests. You're going to visit someone. He said, ah, well, I have observed you are always, uh, you like wearing trousers. Don't you like skirts? Ah, I like skirts. Ah, I wear skirts now. Nah, trousers all the time. Trousers all the time. <laughs> Signs. And you, you are happy that somebody likes you. <laughs> you now wear skirts. Wear long skirts the first visit. Second visit, ah, God has given you good legs now. If God has given you good legs, show it. It's not God that gave you. 
Christian size, crafty size. You, you are just happy. See, he just likes my legs. Ah, nobody has really liked my leg. Like, don't worry. Caution signs. But this is where I'm going. I'm not talking about that today. We'll spend time to talk about that. He now says the hatred with which he hate her was more than the love with which he loved her in the beginning. You know what has happened? He actually wanted her just for pleasure. That was a pleasure-driven relationship. This is a relationship that it is built on pleasure. Every time you are together, your hands are on each other. Affections all the time. Pleasure. There are three words used for love in the scripture. Philio. It's brotherly love. That's why you, that's where you get the name Philadelphia, city of love. Brotherly love, Philio. There's another word called agape. That's the unconditional love of God. The unconditional love of God. That's true love. Then you have eros, erotic love. It's a love that is just based on pleasure. You see, when you have a pleasure-driven relationship, you almost become a sex toy for people. Every time you meet, before you start any discussion, they have kissed and closed your mouth. Say, we'll talk later. Every visit is a pragmatic sexual encounter. Leaves you with memories in your mind that you are longing for the next visit. So even though the guy is misbehaving, he's so skillful that you get angry, you just live there. I will not come back again. I will not come back again. Three days later, you there house. And they know. And they know. Skillful masters just to ruin your destiny. If you don't have self-control, you will sleep with everybody in this world. That's the truth. Marriage will not solve it. Immediately I get married, I will let you put myself together. You will not put yourself together. This is when to practice self-control. This is when to practice value. Are you following what I'm saying? This is when to rebuke certain people. Rebuke them. If not, you will, you will just end up as the, you know, part of the CV of some skillful, wicked men. See, I get, I just leave that again, I just leave that again. So we're going for newer ones now. And in your mind, you are doing bay and bay. <laughs> and meanwhile, they have ticked you. That one, done. Why? It's pleasure-driven. Sometimes it's even on the part of the ladies. You have a man who is sane, a man who is going somewhere. Then you come with very seductive, seductive atmosphere. Your bra is never tight in his house, never tight. Something is always losing. He's always helping you to fix something. And then at the end of the day, you just ask yourself, is this life? Even people who are married, they are not having sex as frequently as you think. Many man thinks of house rent, thinks of school fees, thinks of this thing. Say, oh God, you want anything? Say, no, no, nothing. <laughs> hey, also, because 
You understand? Because those things don't pay life bills. After 20 minutes, 30 minutes, you now come back to reality. If not that bed you guys are using to have sex might be thrown outside the next month. You just realize that for yourself and the security of that bed, you need to find out to pay house rent. So we cannot build our relationship just on pleasure. There's no end to it. Are you following what I'm saying? There's no end to it. There's no end to it. And that's why you can't, as a child of God, be building your sexual expectations on pornography. And for ladies and guys, you need to ask honest questions where you are starting. If you're marrying somebody who is addicted to pornography, you need, they need to seek help. They need to renew their mind. If not, you are going to become a porn star. All their years of accumulated knowledge. You are going to be the guy that will act it out. So you need to check where you are entering. If not, <laughs> I mean, you're going to be comparing your lives with drug addicts. Because it's movies. They are healthy way to learn things. So that you don't become, you don't become part of a movie you were never, you never plan to act all your life. Are you following what I'm saying? Now, when I say some of these things, people laugh, but I'm serious. So you need to ask. Say, I'm just using it to, to just learn one or two things. That's one of two things, my brother. <laughs> it's like somebody smokes in their hand to go and fight. And you don't smoke. And I say they want both of you to fight with the same energy as somebody who has smoked. You know that it won't end well. So pleasure-driven relationship, you need to ask yourself, is this just this affection or pleasure? Sometimes the pleasure is not just about sex. Sometimes the pleasure is just that you hang around people who accept you for the way you are, but they are not committed about your improving. Are you following what I'm saying? So you just derive that pleasure of acceptance. They don't challenge you. Are you following what I'm saying? So the pleasure is not just sex. Sex is one of it, but just emotional pleasure. They, they just like, you know, there are people like that. Do you have anything with this girl? No. Do you have anything with this boy? No. But both of them act like they have more things in common. They just like the pleasure of association without commitment. Are, are you following what I'm saying? So you need to ask yourself. That's why for ladies, and you, we'll spend time to talk about that. You also need to be careful. When people are hanging around you like that, you need to ask people to define relationships. So we will not be assuming that you're already engaged. Meanwhile, you're not. In fact, all my young guys in church, most of my pastors, one of my young pastors wanted to marry the other day. He now trying to get married. And he says, ah, it's like the girl have somebody. I said, no, that's not. You throw your own... Uh, heart into the ring. That's why you give her choice. There's nothing like it because nowadays I don't understand. So even though you assume, there's no need to assume. Throw your card and give her choice. Because you can have people who just hang around. Hang around. I thought you were engaged. I said, no, we are just friends. So it's like a brother to me. Ah. It's like a brother to you. And we have been waiting for card. Your app, you see. <laughs> You know, somehow, somehow, so that's why some people never get married early. 
Because people just think that you are in a relationship. So things must be clear. Things must be clear. Bring clarity to every association. Are you following what I'm saying? Let Ask questions. Don't assume. Don't assume the boy likes you. Don't assume the man likes you. Bring clarity to associations. You are so close to someone, nothing has been said. When you now hear that the person wants to get married or is going out with somebody, you now suffer from a heart that should not have existed in the first place. <laughs> it was a mistake I, I made in school. I had this, my friend, she was a girl, a lovely girl. I may have, we were close. I would help her with assignments, help her this, help her that. I mean, I was just doing my godly thing. So one day she met me that uh, somebody came to say they were shy. I said, I have your relationship now. She doesn't say, what about you? I said, what about me? Ah, I'm not in that equation. I mean, she was, I mean, that day was the day our relationship just, she was badly hurt. And me, I was just doing good person. So obviously, she's waited and waited and waited and the man of God is not saying anything. So just through that, you know, to like, ah, no, you can't have, you know, I mean, I don't. <laughs> What's my own? So I learned, I learned in a bad way, the bad experience, that you can't get close to people without defining relationships. Especially for ladies, they are very emotional. She can be logical in your mind, thinking oh, nothing is happening, it's just my sister. And there, there's a cushion of emotional rest on your shoulders. And then tomorrow when you now say you want to marry someone else, the story won't be as simple as you think it is. Fourth relationship, Amos 3.3. Are you, are you learning something today? Praise God. Amos 3.3, can two work together except they agree or they be in agreement? But this one is purpose-driven relationship. The overriding reason for this relationship is a definite purpose. I like what the Bible says in Matthew chapter 4, verse 19. Jesus said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. I like the way a translation puts it. It says, come follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. So from day one, this relationship had a purpose. Right. The purpose was what? We're going to work together to disciple the world. Are we, are we, are we, are you with me? So ultimately, all our relationship, there must be a purpose to it. What is the purpose of this relationship? That's one question you should keep asking yourself. What is the purpose of this relationship? What is the purpose? What's the aim? So when Jesus had that relationship with his disciples, it was clear that their aim was, was to transform them to become fishers of men. So even when we are talking about marriage, what is your purpose? God gave Adam a very clear purpose with Eve. I'm going to give you someone who is suitable, who is a helper, who is going to partner with you in carrying out the dominion mandate. So you must have a purpose. There must be a purpose for every relationship. Even in marriage, you must be purpose-driven. I think in my book, Love, Lost, and Lies, in the chapter where I wrote on the five fundamental laws of relationship, I talked about the purpose-partner law. It is good to find your purpose before you find who to marry. That's what sometimes keeps your marriage long-lasting. What's your purpose? You know, sometimes people look at my wife and say, I, I, don't, I can't cope. You know, for instance, you go and marry a woman who... 
uh, grew up with teddy bears, cuddling teddy bears. You know, there are some women that all their dream is just to have someone to cuddle at night. Cuddle, 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 cuddle. You cuddle pillow, cuddle teddy bear, cuddle pillow. It's not wrong with it. It's not bad. Imagine you now are a businessman who needs to travel and you now get married to that cuddling type. Every time you want to travel, somebody will be crying. And you'll be thinking, what will I do now? Do I leave business or do I stay for cuddle? Do I leave business or do I stay for... So you, you, have to, you have to be clear. Are you following what I'm saying? Because all those things will contribute to your joy and happiness in life. They will contribute to your purpose. Or you are a pastor. And then you get married to a wife who, if you are 10 centimeters to any sister, they have started shaking their leg. <laughs> and people need counsel. He says, later, later, I'll see you later. Do you understand what I'm saying? Somebody who doesn't have a healthy self-esteem of herself. These are key things. Or you're a businessman. You now marry a lady who doesn't have the capacity for risk. And you know for your business, you need to take certain levels of risk. Do you understand what I'm saying? These are the things that now cause troubles in marriages after people have gotten married. After the dancing, there shall be the eating of cake. When it's time to now live life, these little things will now begin to cause friction. You now begin to hear words like we don't understand ourselves. That's why from day one, if you're going to get married to anybody, spend time talking. Spend time talking. Spend time talking. We wanted to get married, myself and my wife. I had a book. had about 45 lifetime goals. We went through every one of them. This is what I want to achieve. This is the price for the goal. This is what I it is deliberate. You walk into love. It's almost like you're solving mathematics. It's not every time I see you, I will not just be seeing where my heart will be doing dizzy, dizzy, dizzy. You're about to have a heart attack. Don't marry you say, oh, do you have any questions? You say, no, once I'm just in your presence, I'm just lost for words. You can't be lost for words. You can't be lost for words. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You have to talk. You have to talk. How are you going to relate to your in-laws? How are you going to manage your finances? Those are the engagements that should take place. What are your life's aspirations? What are your values? Praise God. So we have how many kinds of relationship that I've dealt with this evening? Number one, parasitic relationship. What's that kind of relationship? Relationship that is only saying, do what? Give, 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 give until the host is destroyed. All right. The next one, pro- progressive and productive relationship. What's the characteristics of that relationship? Progress on both ends. Mutual value. All right. What's the third one? Pleasure-driven relationship. What's the characteristics of that relationship? Emotion, sex, you know, just... Getting pleasure and no progress. All right. What's the last type? The purpose-driven relationship. That's a relationship that has an aim. So both of you are working towards that ultimate purpose. Praise God. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We ask today that our lives will be supernaturally transformed by your word. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Praise God. Have you been blessed tonight? Thank you for listening to Present Truth Broadcast with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.pastormax.ng. We would also like to hear from you. Send us an email, info at pastormax.ng or call 0805-888-7575.
Code Massieu.